Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and happy Halloween, (laughs) welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and we got some treats and some tricks for you on October 31st, Monday. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, RayandTayToday.com. Shoot us your email, your thoughts. We're kind of at the halfway point. I guess really officially week nine is the halfway point when you think about bye weeks and stuff, but... Uh, you know, your thoughts on the NFL and everything. So today at gmail.com. We've got tons to talk about, but let's start with the Diamond. Three games in Wrigley Field this weekend, Ray. And I think what the Cleveland Indians did to win two out of three in Chicago, Chicago gets game five to force a game six or seven, potentially, back to Cleveland. How impressed were you with Kipnis and, and, and the pitching and Terry Francona and Santana and just the timely hitting? And do the Cubs still have a shot? What's going on in the World Series, Ray? Well, remember, these two teams have been waiting forever, ever for, to get their World Series title. And they're going to have to wait a little bit longer. So I'm glad, you know, I predicted the Cubs in five. So obviously I was wrong. Uh, but well, I'm glad seven, I'm going six or seven. <laughs> you know, the Cubs won. And frankly, the Cubs have been outplayed in this series. And even when they win, they only won 3-2. And it's not like Cleveland did anything wrong. They had that fourth inning where they scored a couple runs, but – you know what? Cleveland has been lights out start to finish. Um, so, so I would say that the team with all the momentum is still Cleveland coming home. They do have to win one out of two at home. Uh, now, granted, the Cubs have a better roster, and you got to figure if uh, Kyle Schwarber is back in the lineup as a DH, they have some, that does they favor have some more juice back in the lineup. Park, right. But you know what? I mean, I hate to say it, man. These Cleveland Indians, man, they're for real. And and you you kept saying the Kansas City Royals, there's something special about this team. And uh, you know, and, and that guy Corey Kluber is game pitching seven, game seven Ray. if necessary. Ooh. And you know what? Cody Allen still hasn't been hit, and Andrew Miller still hasn't been hit. Well, so, I was going to ask you about that. Let me ask you this real quick. Isn't it fascinating and funny at the same time? One, relief pitching in baseball, middle relief, closers, it could be at an all-time high. There's so many amazing arms on a plethora of teams, obviously not every team. But when you talk about these two teams, what's fascinating for six and seven potentially, it could come down to Araldus Chapman versus Andrew Miller and who can throw 40 to 50 pitches, who could go two innings, eight outs, nine outs, you know what I mean? I mean, look, Chapman went eight outs yesterday. That's impressive. The day off tells you that anybody and everybody will be on deck for game six and potentially game seven. And Montgomery and all these different guys, these arms are explosive. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't rip the bats, Ray, for sometimes like Russell and, and Rizzo, Bryant, big shot. But some of these bats, I don't rip them because these arms are coming in and it's like, you know, you're facing a stud every inning potentially after, you know, the starter gets out, you know? Well, that's what postseason baseball is all about. I mean, these scores should be 2-1, 3-2. You know, this is what World Series baseball is all about. You've got the best teams, but arguably you've got the best pitchers and you've got the best pitching staffs a lot of times out there. And as we know, pitching mm-hmm. shuts down hitting. 
So it's very rare to get your – I mean, once in a while you have your blowout, you have a six, seven, eight-run game, but 3-2 is the perfect World Series game. And both of these teams have a closer in the back end, but I think Cleveland can shorten the game even more with Allen and Miller as opposed to the Cubs with really just a role as Chapman back there who's in that elite category. But we'll see tonight. We've got uh, – or, sorry, Tuesday night. We've got Arietta and Tomlin. So, by the way, don't sleep on Tomlin. He's pitched very no. well. And, and then great the story Cubs. with his dad, Ray. That was so emotional, and he found his dad in the stadium and what his father's been through. And for him to step up and pitch like that with his dad watching in Chicago, uh, that was that was chilling. That was and chilling. if it I were to it. go to a game seven, you got the ERA leader in Kyle Hendricks <laughs> against yep. the unhittable force in two years ago, uh, Cy Young, Corey Kluber. So, uh, wow. I mean, in some ways, as a baseball fan, I want a game seven because oh, yeah. that would be great. But you know what? Cleveland deserves to win this. If they win tomorrow, sorry, Tuesday night, they're the, they will have been the better team. Because for what what we go, uh, you know, nine, game, nine innings, five innings, for 45 innings, you could argue they've played very close, but Cleveland's been the better team. Without a doubt. And, and they've, they've done it in, in every way. Francisco Lindor, man, these guys, I mean, some of their players are just uh, the savviness, the clutchness, the, you know, they, they definitely And think have... about this. They lost their top, two of their top starters and Michael Brentley, their all-star, and yet they're up 3-2 in the World Series. Totally I mean, amazing. This, this is great. Tito, though, this, this is a great that story. Is Tito. The way we talk about Theo Epstein, you know, putting him in the Hall of Fame right away, you know, which he deserves. But so does Tito. Tito is the man. And we've seen it, you know, as Yankee fans. We saw it. I mean, with the Red Sox, Tito is the guy. So we're excited for baseball. Tomorrow you tune in. It's been fun. I love the post game with Frank Thomas and Pete Rose and A-Rod. That is comedy. They're almost like TNT with Barkley, Shaq, you know, and Kenny Smith. You know, you get the and former. Not, the funny player. thing is, they're not even trying to be. They're just. <laughs> they just you, are. Know, you know what's so funny? No, no. Pete, Pete is trying because Pete is always messing with Frank Thomas and talking smack to him and picking on him. And then A Rod, A Rod is so. He's he's great. Like this is his next career. He's like he the insightful go, pretty boy. He but can he go really knows the game, though. A-Rod knows great. the game, for sure. I mean, no, he knows the game. And not just that, he gives you insight, like, because he just played these guys. He's breaking stuff down, like, oh, he throws like this, and, and you know, da-da-da against lefties, and he would come inside on me. Like, it's great. And then Pete is just, you know, he's a history book. But he also, what, it, Pete was the only one to pick the Indians. You know, Pete, Pete's been good with his picks, and he just has this insight. And then Frank is Frank, you know, Frank is great, you know, and, and I, I, I really like it. I think as a fan, that's fun also to watch because we like to see the former, you know, great player be able to be interesting and talk about the sport. Cause not all athletes are a lot of athletes have no business in, you know, talking about sports, but clearly these gentlemen do. So we got to start with the NFL and we will, Let's get to the games. We'll get to Monday and Thursday predictions and retirements and trades in a minute. But I got to talk to you about a gentleman named Ray Dakota Prescott. Because last night, each week I feel like, oh, he showed me this, he showed me that. Well, no, last night he didn't play well. But he still, with him, Zeke Elliott, who's jumping, hurtling, knocking in the guys, Des Bryant, and then in overtime, the pass to hard-hitting Jason Witten in an ugly performance, you know, from Prescott, he finds a way to win. And I even, you know, would think Tony Romo's like, gosh, how am I going to get on the field the way this guy is playing? And the team totally trust him you saw in the post-game interview with Witten and Sean Lee they were just glowing and Witten loves Romo but he had to bow down and be like yo Dak yo Dak got it for me he's the man 
Ray again. Because, yo, props to the Eagles. They played great, right? I mean, both teams weren't great, but the Eagles played great, and their defense is tough. But how impressed are you with your – how about the Dallas Cowboys? Wow. Well, it's funny because for three quarters, I was saying to myself, you know what? You know what? Tony Romo has to be the quarterback of the team in the playoffs. I knew you were. I knew you were. And to some degree, I may still feel that way because there's some throws that Dak Prescott didn't make um, that were a little disappointing. No, no, it is one game, but he's a rookie, and, and, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. So it's still up in the air whether Dak can win against a – a playoff team. But then I said to myself, you know what? Looking at the NFC, and we'll get into this, but looking at the NFC, the NFC has no real juggernaut this year. Nobody. Everybody's nope. beatable. And by the way, if, the, if Dallas plays their cards right, everybody might have to come to AT&T Stadium because the Seahawks lost. The Vikings, I'm not a, I, I'm not a huge believer in the Vikings. Uh, so Dallas may have home field, maybe not, maybe throughout the playoffs, maybe at least until you know, if they were to win, they maybe they'd have to go to Minnesota. That's how well, you know, they play Minnesota, and there's rumors they play Minnesota. I think uh, what is it, the Thursday after Thanksgiving, and there's I think it's December first, and I think there's rumors that a gentleman by the name of Adrian Peterson might be ready to return early for that game. Yeah, he's a super freak. Uh, we'll, we'll see that. You know, in some ways, that might actually be bad. Believe it or not, I think the I think the Vikings might take a step back for a game or two to get him reincorporated into the offense. Uh, I think they're showing that they need him. We'll see tonight, but I think that Eagles game. Yeah. You know, and then also McKinnon being hurt, it's all on Asiata. So, look, you need your best player healthy. If he's healthy, you, I think they need him. I just think that now they have Sam Bradford with confidence to be able to, you know, get, get it to digs. And, look, this is a big game for them tonight. They got to, you know, they got to look better in beating um, the Bears. But you said it, man. The Cowboys are in the driver's seat, and right now it's, it's got to be an exciting time. What's not exciting is another NFL tie, and we woke up early Sunday morning, and the Redskins and Bengals to a pretty entertaining game, 27-all, I mean, couldn't get it done in overtime. A.J. Green and Josh Norman going at it. You know, Josh Norman freaking out on the plane about the ref and out of whatever, whatever. Long flight home from London. But that's a frustrating. You know, Seahawks, Cardinals, that was frustrating. But a 2020, a 27th all tie has got to be even worse than 6-6. And I think both these teams, they kind of hurt themselves in, in playoff positioning. It's one week, Ray, but I just – you can't trust the Bengals or the Redskins. Do you agree with me? Yeah, and that goes to that same story of the NFC's wide open. So the Redskins now are, you know, in the driver's seat at all to win the division, but they are saying to themselves, you know what, a wild card is, is definitely doable. And yeah, the Cincinnati four, three, and Bengals, you, you got to worry about the Cincinnati Bengals because – they got Tyler Eifert back, so that's good. But there's just a spark missing on both sides of the ball for that team. For a team that should be, and, and we had them last year and this year competing potentially, and I did anyway, potentially going deep in the playoffs. I know you, you had your Steelers winning that division. But this is not a, a, an elite team, and they really need to get it together because yeah. it's roughly the same talent. Look, Marvin Jones, yeah, Marvin Jones is good. Yeah, Marvin Sanu actually caught the, the game-winning touchdown yesterday for Atlanta. But Muhammad, baby. <laughs> this is a team that really should be playing better and really should be disappointed in their inconsistency on both sides of the ball. So you're worried. Well, you want to hear something that I finally agree with you on? You're a Bengals fan. I finally agree with you on about three years later. Because I didn't agree with you the last three, four seasons. But right now. I got you to time. come over to the dark side? Well, what you got it's, for it's, me? It's time, it's time to say goodbye to Marvin Jones. 
Yeah, he's got it's to go. time to get a new head For coach. For his own sake, too, I think he's a good coach. He could benefit from a new start. He could benefit from from coaching yes. somewhere. Maybe he goes to Jacksonville and turns that around or, or somewhere else. But but they they You're just right. got to part ways. It's too, it's too long. But, but whatever, he, what is 13 years? It's too long. It's, it's time because you haven't knocked down the door yet. This season seems like it's going to be worse than any of the last three or four for you. And I think everybody needs a new voice. Now, I'll tell you the voice that's working in Kansas City, and that's Andy Reid, because I don't care if it's Spencer Ware or Charles or Kelsey or whatever, Alex Smith, we hope he's okay with the concussion, five and two. And I think the league is going to change that. They're going to start pulling guys out and not even letting them come back just from suspicion. So it's going to ruffle some fantasy fans, NFL fans, coaches. But for safety, Ray, you can't play with, oh, he passed it, you know, whatever. Then he comes back in, then he gets another. You can't do that. And like I've been saying all season, well, first of all, poor Andrew Luck. But second of all, the coach and GM have to go. I believe the Colts are done at three and five. And I'm just, you know, I'm disgusted with this roster that the Colts have. And I knew the Chiefs would win this game, but they, they just put them on, put it on them, and it was embarrassing, right? The Colts, you know, we said Grigson has to go, and he really does. That whole team needs to get blown up. Um, they have no consistency in the running game. They need to protect Andrew Luck. He really only has – and they got rid of Kobe Fleener, so he really only has Allen and T.Y. Hilton as, as legitimate – Moncrief might develop into, you know, into a, a young emerging stud or set. Yeah. Who knows? They got to stay but, healthy. Those guys can't stay healthy. Yeah, well, one of the things you stay healthy with is you run the football and you take fewer hits and you, you know, everybody stays except for the running back. <laughs> getting beaten up. But everybody stays healthy when you run uh. the ball. So, and props to yeah, Frank Gore, so, right? He's been doing it for a long time. He has, but but his better days he are behind help. him. And, and you know, Frank help. is he Frank, and, and and he's a borderline point, Hall of Famer. He should Speaking be the second back famer. there. At this point, he should be the second back. Let's yeah, we got to talk about Andre Johnson. It's a perfect segue to talk about Andre Johnson. Well, let's get into retiring. it. Is he a Hall of Famer, Ray? One year with the Colts. Uh, with the Titans. He did score a game-winning touchdown in week two or three. He was the best player in the Texans franchise so far. He was, I don't know, what was it, 13, 14 years? He was dominant for probably Seven-time pro bowler. Ten years, um, a decade, which is what we require from players at least, right? Um, he's, Look, he's pretty darn good. He was pretty darn good. good. He's very, he very good. good, but we got to see Tim Brown, Marvin Harris. I mean, all these guys, you know, some of them are in already, right? But, 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 but there's guys that are, that are just a notch above him, even Reggie Wayne. I think those guys need to Is Reggie Wayne in. really better than Andre Johnson? Really? I think so. I think so. He had better quarterbacks. He but did. He, really he did. You can't take it away from and him. Then, and then you got the guys that are still waiting. I just think are his Torrey routes Holt, were better. Torrey yeah. Holt and Isaac Bruce. Torrey you know, Holt and Isaac Bruce both had a right. Owens and Moss are probably going to go in this year. But really, you you think? I think so. Okay. I'll take. You know what? But eventually, I think explosive. he gets Andre Johnson was maybe more explosive, but I think Reggie Wayne was more dependable. His but Andre was Andre more, was like T.O., right? Andre could go deep, post, slant, across the middle, curls, screens, breaking tackles. The yak yards were ridiculous. One guy wasn't tackling Andre Johnson. No, fair enough. And, and uh, look, they're both excellent tier players. And he falls – he's in, in my book. Yeah. But I think but the other time. guys need to get in first, right? Tory Holt needs to be right. in the Hall of Fame before, before uh, Andre Johnson. Well, Ray, it doesn't take any time for us to see that the future Las Vegas Raiders at 6-2 and two might, might be a year of, ahead of what we thought they were, right? We both thought they'd be improved. We both had them just out of the playoffs. Ray, they could wind up winning the West. Sunday night will decide it in some form or fashion. 
um, against the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. But sloppy game, a lot, a ton of missed field goals, even in overtime and the end of regulation. Field goal kickers are having a brutal season. But Derek Carr did hip hop with what five thirteen or five nineteen, four touchdowns. Cooper, who I had on my fantasy team and Carr, one hundred and seventy three yards. What? Ten like ten catches. He got busy. And where is Tampa going? Nowhere fast for Tampa. Um, right. we'll which I actually like that team. I, I I don't think I you know and I think Dirk Cutter will do a decent job with that offense. I think offensively they're they're okay. I, I like that roster. I like the construction. I wouldn't mind being the GM of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I really do. I, I think they're okay. Um, it's just hard to win in the NFL. Not only is it yeah. hard to win in the NFL, but I don't know if this is a glass half empty or a glass half full. I'll ask you. These were the Oakland Raiders of Al Davis times. They committed 23 penalties. They won on the road, committing 23 penalties against a Tampa Bay team. But that's why they won't win the division. I mean, you cannot beat Denver and I mean, even San Diego, who's a, by record is only three and five, but they're a pretty decent team. But you right. certainly can't beat Denver. And you can't be Kansas City, especially not at their place, but even at home, committing that many penalties. You got to be more disciplined. Those teams don't totally beat themselves. Right. Denver and KC, if the one thing you know, they don't beat themselves. So if you're going to commit all those penalties, you're not going to win. You're totally right. How about those Saints? This is a game you called. I was shocked at your pick and shocked at the actuality of the upset. Um, but I'm not shocked about Drew Brees because each week I'm starting to realize now, look, Brees has got his ring, Rivers doesn't. But, Ray, those two guys in some way, they're kind of like the Fountain Marino. You know what I mean? Like they just are amazing. And Drew Brees, he did it. I feel bad for the Seahawks because when you only put $9 million in five players for your starting offensive line, this is what you get. You cannot run the ball. You cannot protect your quarterback when you are paying so many stars on defense and you still got to play Michael Bennett. And he was out this week, first time missing a game and they missed him. And, you know, you, you can't, you just can't build a team with the offense. And I know Tom Cable is like the best offensive line coach in the game, Ray, but shame on, on Pete Carroll and, and, and the whole situation and the GM Snyder. Like, how do you do this to your team? You can't, you're not going to, you just, I don't think you can do it. As great well, as your players the around them are. How can you do it? No, you're hundred percent right. And here's the thing, double shame on them for a couple of reasons. Number one, you had an inkling, if not knowing for a fact, that Beast Mode was going to retire. And second, all of last year, you struggled when you lost Max Unger and traded him for Jimmy Graham. So you didn't even incorporate Jimmy Graham into the offense. Beast Mode retired. Now, Rawls did have a good second half of the season when when, when uh, Beast Mode was essentially injured for the, for the second half. But you knew there was a problem. You had an off season to address it. So, you know, all these guys on defense, on defense want to get paid, but you can't let your offense hang out to dry like that. And your guy, Russell Wilson is going to get killed. So yeah. even though he's mobile, you know, if, still he has a, if he has a bad ankle, then that reduces mobility. And that's what we're seeing. So you're right. This, this team is just, I don't know. I guess they're hoping to have a great defense to carry them, but you have to have some balance, you know. And, and by the way, your highest-paid player on your team is Russell Wilson. So even though you want to have that defense, what's the use of having a quarterback that you pay $25 million to if you can't keep him upright? Now, Russell's crafty enough that he'll stay upright, but, but his, you know, he's got to get happy feet. He's got – the pocket collapsing all around them. They need to do something in Seattle to take care of their asset. Yeah, they're about to be sleepless in Seattle. 
So we'll just go over, you know, some of the bigger games. But real quick, Texans took care of business, whatever. I was kind of surprised. But I want to ask you about, look, and we'll get to this because of the trade. So the Jets, in some ways, got lucky in a weird, ugly, bizarre game beating the Browns. But the Browns trade uh, late last night or today early for Jamie Collins, potentially a third-round pick, compensatory. We'll see what happens for Jamie Collins from the Patriots. I like that. I, he'll be a free agent. I don't know if they can re-sign him. But the Browns are trying, I guess. And there's rumors they might trade Josh Gordon, and he's maybe coming out of the facility and the rehab or whatever. Um, the deadline's tomorrow, 4 p.m. Do the Jets make a move for potentially Romo and trade one of their defensive linemen like Mo Wilkerson or Richardson? Do the Browns get rid of Josh Gordon? Do the Eagles try to get Josh Gordon or Torrey Smith? What are your thoughts with the Jets, Browns, and potentially just a, a trade going down? The Browns should get rid of Josh Gordon to anybody who will take him. The problem is what are they going to get, a sixth-rounder, a seventh-rounder? They're not going to get much. So if if it's only a sixth or seventh-rounder, maybe you keep him because, look, the, the, the Browns just need a feel-good situation. They're 0-8. They're the only team in pro football that hasn't had a win they're terrible. They're going to have the number one pick, but you want to at least win two, three, four games, you know. So trade Josh Brown if you can get something for him. If they're going to dangle a seventh-round pick in front of you, don't even bother. Keep him. At least he's a threat on the field. The Jets, should they trade for Tony Romo? Do you think with Eric Decker going down, I like that kid in Nunois, though. He's nice. Oh, he's now, nice. Do you think that the Jets – at three and five, are a quarterback away. Now, maybe in the preseason you could have said that, right? But this eight games into the season, I'm not sure that I'm giving up on Richard. Right, but Romo would Wilkerson be for this season and maybe two more seasons. Romo wouldn't. Yeah, but be. Romo, I, like if it was Drew Brees, I would say yes. A guy that hasn't showed obviously Brees is better than Romo, but a guy who hasn't showed that history of being hurt. So you're going to give up one of your young, studly, you know, 25 year old defensive ends, and get back a quarterback that may or may may or may not be in the game. Like Trent Dilfer said, the best ability is availability, <laughs> and I'm not sure he's available for the next what, 20, 30 games if, it, if the Jets keep them for that's, a few years. So very, I can't do it. I can't point. do it if I'm the Jets. No, I, you know, I think I mean, you're right. I mean, Rivers I do, but I can't do, I can't do Tony. No, I was, uh, you, you need a lot to pry him out of, pry him out of San Diego. But well, you, you can't about, mess with Tony Romo. You're right. But let's talk about a gentleman that is not only available, but I think might and could win the MVP in 12 games, Tom Brady puts up 41 points. The Bills score 25. And it's amazing that they can score without McCoy and Watkins. I, I give them at least that much credit. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, Gronk and Edelman and, and all these guys, and Gronk breaks the all-time Patriot record for touchdowns, you know, props to him. It's amazing. Um, two things. One, could Brady win MVP? He gets four touchdowns again, over 300 yards. And two, trading Jamie Collins, could that come back to bite them defensively when they're battling potentially Steelers or Broncos to win the AFC and go to the Super Bowl? You know, at a certain point, these New England Patriots can't keep losing players. I mean – Jamie Collins is a heck of a player. We talked a little off air about, well, maybe he, in pass coverage he's not doing his job. I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I look at Jamie Collins and, and, and him and Hightower. I see them all over the place. And, you know, you start the season with the trade with Arizona. You know, I, I don't know. At a certain point, you're cutting into flesh. And... Back to your first point, so that's on defense. That, that's kind of the, the personnel issues, and I, and I understand the, the whole, you know, trying to keep the locker room right, but if you weren't going to extend this guy, didn't you have an agreement to just play out the season? So doesn't Jamie Collins want to, to compete for a Super Bowl? 
So, you know, that that to me is a little of the, the Belichick and Patriot way and, and a little bit of arrogance, and that might hurt them in the playoffs. Tom Brady, on the other hand, is, <laughs> you know, He's if you told me. we got to say it, man, and just just say it. I want to hear it come out of your lips because it's, it's okay. He's the GOAT. He he might be the goat. He might be the goat. He he might have overtaken our boy Joe Montana, and, and for another reason too, just longevity. Remember, Joe Montana only played. Uh, oh God, I should pull it up. But like, what did he play? You know, thirteen, fourteen years, and then at the end, he was at Kansas City, and he was kind of a shell of himself. Tom Brady, if all things pan into place like it looked like they will. He'll be the MVP having missed four games. Now, Emmett Smith won the the MVP missing two games, and he was a running back. So you figure, all right, fine. But And it was a system that he knew and everything. But Tom Brady's the, the, the chief, the head honcho, the quarterback, missing four games. And he's thrown, what, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. He's just fantabulous. Uh, I, I don't even have words for him. It, it's just... I mean, he's special. He really is. And let's be honest, Ray, with Bennett, the Gronkinator, Hogan, Edelman, and Mandola got a touchdown. He's got so many toys, James White, and oh, by the way, LeGarrette Blunt and Deion Lewis is back from injury. It is, he's got a candy shop of talent. And man, you just gotta just, you know, tip your hat and be like, this guy is still he he's still the man. I right now, this season, he's better than Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. No 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 question about it. You know, you you, you just you gotta, you know, be real and, and, and just say that. Let's get to a guy who was the MVP last year and his season and team was probably on the line coming off that by the Panthers put a first-half whooping, first play of the game, Thomas Davis, strip, sack, fumble, touchdown over Carson Palmer. But, you know, the Cardinals came back and tried to give a fight. But 30-20, to 20, the Panthers get a, a huge victory that they needed, <clears throat> keeping their wild card and still potential division hopes alive if they could get the Falcons to fall and they play them at least one more time. But – at three, four, and one, the way the NFC is and the way the Cardinals are looking going into the bye, could they be done, right? Probably not because the Seahawks lost yesterday. They got to thank the Saints and thank the Giants for being the Rams last week. But then, two, the second part of that is Cam Newton. I think he's right about these hits. I mean, even Calais Campbell apologized to him for coming at his legs. I don't know how the refs don't call that. He says he's going to talk to Roger Goodell. At some point, they've got to, you know, you can't, he can't be Shaq of the NBA, of the NFL. You know what I mean? It's, you got to judge him as a quarterback. And in the pocket, he's getting hammered and, and getting hit. What, do you, what are your thoughts about, about that? Well, you're right. He can't be the Shaq only because it's a different sport, right? Shaq can get beat up a little bit. And it hurts, and it's a little painful, and it happens. But but this could be career-ending, career-threatening. You know, those shots below the knees, those shots to the head. I mean, it, this isn't, you know, broken bones or a best-case scenario. I mean, it could be concussions. It could be blown-out ACLs. It could be, it could be too much. And, and you can't just, because he's big and because he's strong, you can't just let people take target practice on this guy. So, you know, I was listening to... Tony Dungy and Tony Dungy said it's it's the wrong it's the right message but he's the wrong messenger so in other words his owner and his coach needed to say something and I don't know I haven't the right. politics of it um, doesn't sound wrong but but a, a guy defending himself seems reasonable to me but I hear what Tony's saying Tony's like look you need to just play uh, you don't want to get a reputation out there and, and and then people will try to get under your skin and do the sort of like the Odell Beckham style but yeah. But it is a bit ridiculous that he's getting beat up like this. I mean, there's rules in place, and they're clear, and they're obvious. And just because you're big and strong doesn't mean that the rules don't apply to you. So, yeah, it's frustrating. And did you see his get-up, though, too? In the <laughs> Can I tell you, office? my seven-year-old son, 
My seven-year-old son saw that and he goes, Cam Newton's dressed nice, Dad. Now, that's his favorite player and favorite team, but But he was like. the flower and the cap, the the feather and the cap was really what killed it, you know? Like, the pink was one thing, but the the feather. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I I love, I got to tell you, right now, we're at a weird place because the NFL is really making it, right? We used to say the no fun league, and then it changed, but now it's becoming a no fun league again. And if these guys, like the NBA guys, are going to start to show their fashion and post-game and have some fun, I think more power to them. But when you're fining and penalizing um, your boy from Seattle, uh, the safety, Earl Thomas, for hugging the referee, come on. A hug? Now, the commissioner hugs the kids when they're drafted. A hug is a penalty? We're getting it's it's just getting I don't know what I don't even know what to say, but it's 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 ridiculous. So props to Cam for the get up and tell me, the Cardinals, you, you joked about Bruce Arians being fired. I definitely don't think that, but can the Cardinals fix this? Three, four, and one, can they say only lose one more game and, and be ten, five and one? Can they fix it? That's tough because you gotta play Seattle and you got to play the Rams that always play you tough. And I don't know the rest of their schedule. I should, I should pull that up. But even though the NFC, like I said, there's no super team out there, the Packers, the Vikings, the Cowboys, the the Eagles, they're all good. And these Arizona Cardinals have issues, and especially with all the and, – and also they, they kind of have a – they're in an identity – transition you know who are these cardinals their best player is david johnson and yet for some reason they don't use him enough i think uh they used to go downfield and stretch but well jj nelson remember i told you he got busy yesterday replacing john brown so that was huge for him he did uh but you know they still have issues on the offensive line they still have issues protecting carson palmer carson palmer gets some happy feet and in their division you know the rams and the seahawks create havoc on the offensive line. So their defensive line creates havoc on offense. So I'm not sure. Now, here's the thing, though. I don't know that you need to be 10-5-1, though. Uh, you know, may, Maybe, you know, the next level down, nine, what is that, 9-6-1? Six and six one? One. Maybe for, the, for, for a that, wild card? The NFC right now, you think that might get you in a wild card? It might. It might. You figure Good. the NFC East will beat up on each other. The Packers it's going to be not, close. But that yeah. tie, Ray, could actually, you know, you'd rather it be a win, but the fact that it's not a loss, that tie, that tie could be a blessing in disguise. It really could. Because if a team is 9-7 and seven and you sneak in at 9-6-1 and one to get that sixth wild card, you know, those six seeds, that could be the difference. So let's go to the AFC West, man. As you always say, real estate, and it might be the best division in football. The Broncos oh, by far, yeah. were in a, a fight, and Phillip Rivers and the Chargers never quit. But I figured being at home, they would win and cover the spread, and they did in their defense. It just shows up. And when you've got that secondary, and Roby can pick it off and take it to the house, and you got Tlaib and Harris and you know, Stewart and, and T.J. Ward, the, the defense, man, <clears throat> is very impressive. DeMarcus Ware returns, and when you're going to have him and Von Miller just, you know, coming for you, at the end of the day, you're going to be a bruised-up team. And I I just – I feel for the Chargers because I think they're the best – what is their record? Like three and five, you said? Three and five, (laughs) yeah, they're the best three and five team. That's a good call. Best three and five team in the NFL, and it just – there seems like they're doomed for eight and eight, nine and seven to fall short. But I I love – what Melvin Gordon is doing. He's back, another 100-yard game. And um, I guess the question question I got for you, though, is are you starting to trust Simeon enough that in the playoffs, because I keep going to the final three or final four, can the defense and Simeon, can Simeon do enough to beat the Steelers, Patriots, or Chiefs, whoever else, Raiders, that they might have to face? And they face the Raiders Sunday night, so we'll talk about that on Friday. But what do you Simi, think? Simi, yay, Simi, yay, Simi, yo. Northwestern's finest. <laughs> you know what? 
I can't answer that question without knowing the status of the running game. So if they are, oh, my man is just nasty. Don't no, worry about but, CJ. You saw my man get Devontae Booker. Yeah, but you know what? They, they have to look. He's a rookie, and they need to incorporate him. But if their running okay. game is humming, then I think they can because. Okay. They have Sanders and they have Thomas and they have you know a, a decent offensive line. They're not as physical as, as some other teams out there, but I believe the defense, the running game, the skill position receivers, they can carry a Trevor Simeon. If, however, the running game is not there, then the, then they'll be in trouble. Then they'll be in trouble. Even if they play at home, I think they'll be in trouble against you know elite elite AFC playoff teams. Well, let's end it with this before we pick Monday and Thursday night football and then finish with college and NBA. How about those Falcons? That, to me, that's an impressive home win. People will say you don't play great at home. You've just had a tough road playing these teams that you battled against and the Broncos and Panthers and and just all these games, the Seahawks. But 33-32, a back-and-forth shootout, and leading candidate for MVP, Matt Ryan, got the victory. I'm happy for him. We've been rough on them on the show. And you know what? Dan Quinn, the defense is not great, but it's, it's getting a little bit better each week. And situational, they're making the stops and plays they need to. I was bummed that Randall Cobb didn't play. It affected me in fantasy, but I think he could have been the difference for the Packers potentially winning. They needed him. But at the end of the day, the Packers are looking better. But that defense that we touted early on in the season is starting to look worse each week. So I want your thoughts on the Falcons' win and then your concerns or thought about the Packers and just where they're going at 4-4, four and four, Ray. So I think the oh, Falcons are – what their record is, right? And that's what Bill Parcells said. So they're a good team. I don't trust them in the playoffs. I don't trust them to go deep in the playoffs. But they're a good enough team on offense and a very potent off. Uh, sorry, good enough on defense and a very potent offensive team. I think they're good. They're they're a very good team. Like, I don't believe they're built to go far in the playoffs. But you know what? They've got people that can make plays and carry that team. So, good. If, I, if, I'm a, if I'm a Falcons fan, I'm actually feeling good. If I'm a Packers fan, I'm not feeling good. Uh, Brett Favre was out uh, – sorry, Aaron Rodgers was out Aaron Rodgers by, Aaron, by uh, Matty Ice. Matt Ryan did, did, did him, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is used to doing other people's with that 31, you know, 30, uh, touchdown with 31 seconds left to Mohamed Sanu. <laughs> It's concerning because we've always said something's missing, and they don't really have an identity anymore on offense. And is it the short game? Is it stretching it? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it the balance? Is it and you know Mike McCarthy, the 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 offensive genius? Uh, look, I guess you can't really be be mad at the offense losing thirty three thirty two, but something about this Green Bay team, that that it factor that they had two, three, four years ago is kind of one of those NFL elite teams. They don't seem to have it anymore. They're just another team with a great quarterback and decent players around them. So if I didn't know that they won the Super Bowl, it was a long time ago though, right? It was, uh, what, nine, uh, 2009, seven years ago? If I didn't know they won a Super Bowl, I'd say they're just a good team with a good quarterback, you know? Uh, so I'm worried as a Packer fan, if I'm a Packer fan out there. I totally agree. Tonight, Halloween, Vikings, Bears, Chicago, Soldier Field. For me, I think it's Asada. Matt Asada has a, a good enough game. The Vikings defense wakes up, revives itself after a bad loss. Jay Cutler will give you two touchdowns, but maybe two interceptions. That Vikings defense will probably score from an interception or a fumble. And at the end of the day, I think 
probably like 26-17. The Vikings take care of the Bears in a halfway entertaining Monday night football game. I almost feel bad for Monday night. They just, when they're, they're doing the picking, you know, we talk about the, the picking on our show, these games. It seems like ESPN gets last pick. Right, you know, so and, they do. They do. It's a fact. They do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, NBC so it, paid the most, so NBC gets the best games on Sunday night. Yeah. So you know, I just even though it's a division game, so you're thankful for that. But I just, it's it's not a great game. So, but they're they're lucky and fortunate. No debate. No world World Series. Very minimal NBA games. So most people will watch when they're done trick-or-treating or whatever, Vikings-Bears. So, we'll see. But yeah, that's my I agree. Pick. I think 20, Vikings do just enough to win. I think, it, But they'll be in control all game. So, same here. I, I think sort of a low-scoring game. I'll say 23-20 Vikings. Thursday night, man, the team we were talking about, the Falcons are going to the Buccaneers, and they kind of want revenge, right? Jameis Winston lit them up. Week one on the road in Atlanta, um, you know, you got three and four against five and three. This one's interesting. I, you know, right off the bat, I just say, oh, yeah, Atlanta's going to win. But, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I wish Doug Martin would be back. I don't know if he will be. I know Jacquez has been doing things for the last couple of weeks. And trying to find other guys, right, to help since they lost Vincent Jackson. And it's Mike Evans and a bunch of, you know, vagabonds, some Russell kid and some other kid. And so um, Humphrey, Humphrey, yeah, Humphrey, yeah, the Bucks play great, I think. But I think Matty Ice, he does a little Aaron Rodgers and he he gets either a Matt Bryant field goal at the end or a score. And I think they win 27-26 Falcons, beat the Buccaneers by one in a very good Thursday night football game. And we start to see NBC's coverage. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth will join the, the broadcast. So, you know what? I'll go the other way. I'll say that the Atlanta Falcons are going to look ahead and mm. – kind of discard this Tampa Bay Bucks team. And Tampa Bay is sneaky good, can be anyway. You're right, Vincent Jackson, uh, that was a tough loss because it takes a little bit of the of the pressure off Mike Evans, but he still delivers that running game. You want that running game to be a little bit more consistent. Um, and, and some of it is health. But I'll just say that in Raymond James, at night, I know Atlanta's favored, but I'm I'm taking the Bucks. I'll say the Bucks squeak it out. Atlanta, Matt Ryan goes down for the winning score and throws a touchdown. But ooh, the Tampa Bay Bucks come back and find Mike Evans, the super stud. You know, everybody's talking about Julio Jones, and Julio is Julio, right? You can't can't mess with Julio. But Mike Evans is a super stud too. Um, oh, yeah. Not quite at the Julio Jones level, but not there. One more just a notch below. Just a notch below. But uh, I'm going to say that they hold down the fort and, and keep it close and actually win the game. So Tampa Bay Bucks put one on the Falcons, but in a close game. Twenty-eight, twenty-six. I like it. We got to get to Saturdays and look. Tomorrow, you know, the AP does their thing, but tomorrow is the first college football playoff rankings. And Ray and Tay, we need to give our four. I think we both probably would see say that it's similar to what the AP already has. So they've got Bama, Michigan, Clemson, Washington. Louisville gets in there five. Ohio State six. The Aggies seven. Wisconsin eight with a big win over Nebraska. Nebraska only drops to nine. That's fascinating. And Florida ten which is the weakest 10 to me. I just, I, I don't know. But look, Baylor and West Virginia lost. They dropped the 13 and 14. So I want to ask you this. One, were you impressed with Washington's win over Utah? Two, how impressed were you with Clemson 
in a hostile, you know, environment, pulling out a, a, a great, you know, game against Florida State. And give me your top four that you think will be the college football playoffs picks tomorrow night. Well, I think the playoff, uh, the AP and the, and, the, and the college football guys are going to be the same because you just can't not have it that way. I mean, maybe maybe you can flop Clemson and Washington. Um, but ultimately, those are the four teams that have, are undefeated. So there's no doubt, 100%, that those are going to be the four teams because every right. team below them has a loss. So, so those are going to be the four teams. You figure Alabama has to be number one. So then you're talking about splitting hairs, and you'd be probably Michigan's too. So then you've got to think, all right, even though Michigan really hasn't played anybody, um, who's, who's the rest? So, so let me ask you this. Who would be your five then? Who is your number five team right there on the outside? Would you say without a doubt it's Louisville? Because to me, without Ohio a doubt, State. it's Louisville. See, I like Ohio State better, actually. Uh, I think Ohio State might even go out and beat Michigan. But I but think if you look loss, at them. But just right now, right, you can't, you can't talk about what they might do. With the loss to Penn State and Louisville's loss in a nail-biter in Clemson. Right. So based on resume, I'm saying I'm saying Ohio State's a better team, but I agree okay. with you. Based on resume, uh, you could put Louisville there. And the great thing about college football, that it'll play itself out. I mean, very rarely, especially now with conference championships, uh, very rarely is there a complete surprise in the top four. So, um, so far, so good. I, I think that it'll get interesting in a week or two, uh, and especially after that Michigan-Ohio State game. Then we'll definitely see what, you know, what's what and who's who. Did Charlie Strong save his job? I told you that West Virginia would finally lose, um, and you Baylor. Did. You called it four, four undefeateds went down, right? But yeah. uh, oh, and you asked me about Washington. Washington's for real. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Did that Charlie Strong save his job? I don't think so. I think Charlie Strong's gone. I think he really is. I, I think that uh, he did the wrong move, though. Yes and no. Um, it's the wrong move because I think Charlie Strong is a good coach, but. The the program's gotten away from him, and even though he doesn't deserve it, I think he'll be the scapegoat, and they'll be able to purge and bring somebody else in. Now, who is better and who's going to do a better job? I don't know. I don't know who that person is. Maybe they bring a, a, a pro. Maybe they bring, you know, the guy from Houston. I'm not sure that he can, you know, step up to, to Texas style, you know, University of Texas style. But, um, yeah, I think Charlie's gone regardless at the end of the season. Okay, so we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Let's let's close the show with some NBA, man. Week Week one is kind of in the books. Everybody's, you know, played about, you know, three games. And – I think the biggest thing that stands out individually is 38.7 points a game. No, no, 11.7 assists and 12, I think, point three rebounds. Russell Westbrook is doing it, averaging an amazing triple-double. He can't keep that up, but... Wow, wow, and more wows. So he's like seventh in rebounding, number one in scoring, number one in assists. Besides him, who else so far has kind of just early three games, first week, blown you away in the NBA season? Just players, not teams, just players. Well, you know, to start the season off with 50, as Anthony Davis did, that's pretty special. And then to follow it up with 45. He's averaging 37.7. But his his team's 0-3. I know. Not his fault that he's not playing with anybody, but, you know, you're not going to have an MVP from a losing team that doesn't make the playoffs. I mean, unless you're Will Chamberlain, right, and and you do, like, some craziness and average 50 a game. So – Anthony Davis, crazy impressive. Um, when Russell Westbrook comes back to earth, which he will, there's somebody else who's putting up yeoman's stats, and that's James Harden, another guy with the ball in his hands at all times. So he is because he dominates the ball, he and Russell Westbrook will both have just outrageous statistics. I mean, he might also average, uh, you know, 25, 27 a game with 
over 10, you know, 10 assists. I mean, this is like, I mean, Kevin Johnson, Isaiah Thomas style. The, 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 even Magic didn't score that much. He had nope. those assists, but he didn't score like that. Stockton never scored like that. I mean, these two are going to be putting up ridiculous numbers for guards uh, in terms of scoring and assists. Now, obviously, Russell's going to add to it with rebounds as well. So, but I think you said it right, though. That's too much. It's too much. You, you almost don't. I mean, you, you you like the fact that Oklahoma City's three and zero, but you don't want to see Russell having to do this much this early. Only three games in. I mean, don't win your MVP. You know, win it in win it in March. Win it in April. Getting ready for playoffs. Don't, don't don't win it in you know in October. It's not even. November. How do you like LeBron starting off really saying, "I want Kyrie to get the points." I'll score. He's, you know, just at 20 a game, 21 a game, but he's averaging 10 assists. Um, I'm pretty impressed with that. And I, and I kind of like what, he, what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's I like it. I like it a lot. LeBron's coasting. at the point in his career where he needs to pick challenges and he needs to do things to motivate him. I mean, the guy's been in the finals seven times. He's been in the finals six straight times. So really Wake him up when it's June. So he needs to stay engaged. He needs to keep his teammates engaged. And and if you look at that Eastern Conference, for real, if there's no injury, there's no reason why he can't pencil Chicago, uh, Cleveland right into the Eastern uh, to the um, NBA Finals, right? So LeBron needs to pick things, and I'm and I, and you'll see that every year he'll have something different. To, to to motivate him. So this year it's Kyrie Irving winning the scoring title, and, and that's what it takes. You know, 82 games a long season. Um, Kawhi Leonard and just how impressive he's been. I've been saying, and, and I really feel this, because you were, you were on him way before I was, I think maybe a little early. Your guys were Paul George and Kawhi. But I think Kawhi is at the place where he is really on the heels of Durant and LeBron because he's doing it on both ends. Now, Durant is getting the rebounds. You know, he's up there in rebounds. He's fifth in scoring. But Kawhi, man, he's getting you the steals. He's scoring the, you know, the defense. Is this Spur, Spur team led by Kawhi, are they uh, – could they challenge the Warriors? Are they legit? You know, they can. The problem is that when when the game gets on tempo and when the game comes down to athleticism, he's really the only super athlete on that team. I mean, they've got skilled basketball players, but they just lose when the game becomes my Athletic. athletes are better than your athletes. And Kawhi's really the only one on that team. So, yes, they'll have a great regular season record. They'll be, you know, a top four team in the West, so they'll probably host a series or two, maybe three, but let's say they'll host a series or two. And then history has shown us that they hit the wall when they hit a superstar Blake Griffin or they hit a double superstar you know, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, or they hit a team like Golden State that just stretches them out too thin and is also athletic. Um, so I just think that structurally, especially, you know, replacing Duncan with Paul Gasol, um, losing some of their rebounding, they are a great regular season team with a great coach, but I think they're aging, and I'm not sure about their, their athleticism when it comes to the playoffs. You might be right. Well, listen, tune in to some, some good hoops. Um, I was glad the Knicks had a great first win and win at home. It would uh, definitely touch everybody, Knicks fans' heart seeing the uh, 70th anniversary of the Knicks in the NBA. Fraser and I thought about it. They were honoring the Bush's daughter. You know, a uh, family member was there. And just all the old players, family members, if they had passed on and uh, Earl Monroe, and just so many different guys, Starks, Kurt Thomas, LJ. And, you know, for Ray and I, we, we spent a lot of time there. And, you know, we used to talk to David DeBusser and, and give him, you know, some, some grief. And so, it, you know, for true Knicks fans, it was a nice night. And I like, I like this Knicks team. I like Rose. I like Noah. 
you know, getting seven assists and 10 rebounds, six points. So I thought the Knicks had a good win. And um, I'm excited. It's going to be a good sports week, man. You know, and uh, I still uh, going to stick. I still think the Cubs can do it. I picked them in seven. But I think if I'm honest, I would say the Indians probably win in seven. But maybe my pick works out. What do you think happens in the World Series? You know what? I'm I'm switching to from the Cubs to the Indians. I just think yeah. that team is special and at home Absolutely. they get That's two true. chances and <laughs> you know Tomlin and Kluber are right up there right up there with um Hendricks and uh um who's going tonight? I remember we said um or tomorrow night. Oh. Yeah. It, oh, Arietta. Arietta sorry. Yeah, Jake Arietta. So it's Arietta and Tomlin and, and Hendricks and, and Kluber. And he pitched great last game, so it should be fun. Listen, everybody be safe, trick-or-treating. You know, I know Ray's little one is probably too little to trick-or-treat. My guys will be out there. Uh, Black Panther costume and PJ Masks, for those who know. Ray Ray will know about PJ Masks in a couple of years. Gecko yeah, and I don't Cap know. <laughs> yeah, Gecko and Capoy, your, your, your girl will be Owlette. She's the girl. It's really a fun show for the kids and um so they're they're excited i think i might be um um <laughs> my my wife's got emojis for us so i think i might be an emoji <laughs> okay a reluctant emoji. emoji. Are hot right now yeah she'll she'll probably be the happy emoji i'll be the crazy face one or whatever so but uh anyway trick-or-treat be safe enjoy the sports week and the world series and uh, either team that wins, it will be historic and great for either city, Chicago or Cleveland. So, have a great sports week. Uh, yeah, have a great sports week. Out. Peace.